As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency up, in their you lives. fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, what's the best Ranger movie ever made? Man, that's a tough one. There's some good ones. Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan. Dude, all of them. I mean, they don't have any bad Ranger movies. Not a single John bad. Wayne, what? Uh, John Wayne do a Ranger movie too? He or did just all the, Ranger movies. He was a Ra- him. He was a Green Beret and a Ranger, right? The whole time. Lee Marvin, remember what? Weren't they yeah. Rangers? I'm telling you what. What about the Power Rangers? Come on, dude. What? There's a difference. Come on. Keep talking shit. You are. So We're you, gonna yeah. get. Guess what? Hey, you think you get, everybody loves yeah. the Wizard now? <laughs> Keep putting that shit out and sees what happened. Yeah. I've been chucking shit to Rangers. I'll tell you a good Ranger. Years. I'll tell you a good Ranger rescue movie. Lone Survivor. <laughs> I had my ass saved by the Rangers been pulling me out of the basket of hell for, for a, long time, a long dude. time, dude. Thank God bless the Rangers bless for that one. Holy cow! You know what? My, Morgan loves to run in those Ranger panties. What are those all about, bro? I don't know, man. That's kind of like some hidden thing. That, you know, I, you know I, how it feels like there's some weird stuff? I guess well, they're UDTs. UDTs man. are yeah. shorter. But we and, don't wear the yeah. UDTs when we get in, in, though. Yeah, we do. At Team 1, we did. Of course you did. <laughs> but that's Team 1, yeah. bro. You got some with buttons on? No, of course not. They didn't have any buttons. I mean, the UDTs. They, UDTs. Yeah, they, they're button fly. They were button fly, weren't they? Never any buttons there. No, they were no, they gone. ripped off. Yeah. yeah. And in the back, back of it, how many land, how many one lines, and how many names? names. Yeah. <laughs> For example, when would you wear the UD, some UDTs? 
every what? well, I was first Louis guy, so every time I'd go and do engines, I'd wear UDTs because I'd get covered in God, grease. Man, I grew out of mine. You got some issued when you got to the one? I got to, uh, yeah. Reissued yeah. UDTs? Heck yeah. No, new ones. Brand new ones. Really? Yes. What's that like? It was nice. awesome, was dude. It? Yeah, because they fit, fit right. They fit right. And they weren't all torn up, <laughs> right? You would only get like a nice pair of blue, like Team One shorts. Yeah, the blue. If you'd the been blue, around that's what a little bit. Or the yeah. cargo shorts. Yeah. No, we didn't get cargo shorts. We had like the, yeah, green the cargo runner shorts. shorts. The runner. Did you run- carry a, a knife? No, we didn't have any of that shit. <laughs> Team One, man. Uh, we're SDV. We work a lot. I had to carry screwdrivers and fucking. Yeah, we didn't. No. <laughs> By the time when gave it came in, they were issuing them like like two XU stuff and Under Armour and all that stuff. You were getting like high speed stuff, weren't you? I don't think I ever got any shorts. What? How did you? What? Yeah, I got some dolphin shorts for like PT. Yeah. Yes. But that was PT. Okay. Oh, oh, point in fact, our dolphin shorts for PT, right? Yeah. And then the Ranger panties is what they wear. But what? Where did Morgan come up with Ranger panties? Same thing, though. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, way different. Not Not even close. It's like wearing it's wearing satin panties. Yeah, satin silky panties. Whole different ball game. The mesh, all that mesh that comes in the dolphin shorts that we cut out. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about different dolphin shorts. Then they upgraded. These are like his time. these are still these are these are high quality nylon figures. Yeah, they, they evolved. Mm-hmm. Ranger panties. And what's up with this? We need performance gear on the East Coast though, because we do real work. Oh God! He, now he's now it's he's hitting on us. Ryan was now he's hitting on us. <laughs> I mean, did you just throw a West Coast slam at us? He did, uh, dr- like mm. an off-the-top rope, dude. Uh, Listen, West Coast won. West Coast, all the way, five. dude. Saving Private Ryan, Ranger movie. Uh, yeah, awesome. They're, they're Rangers, yeah. Hardcore. Point Duhok, Rangers, right? Were, here's the question, though. Were there any actual Rangers who were actors in those movies? Because have we got one coming up today? We have got a ranger. And he was three combat deployments, two to Afghanistan, mm-hmm. one to one to Iraq, and, and Wizard's gonna tell you his dossier right mm-hmm. now, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. I got you back. Doss- and we can like hey dossier. let me give you the folder I put together on <laughs> Rocco. You have a polished packet, uh, I, perhaps a brochure. <laughs> I got a VHS video cassette of his bio. coded <laughs> and taped. And we got one coming on here. Not only is he the real deal, but he's out there cutting a path to that next level where he will be an actual Ranger in real Hollywood movies. I guarantee it. Still leading the way. Rangers Still lead the way. Rangers Still lead the, the way, way, bud. And he does, along with his other buddies out there, Matt Best. Evan Half. I don't know if Evan was an actual. He was just SF, I think. Sorry, Evan, Evan. I forgot. Love you, buddy. All right. So, hey, welcome <laughs> to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. And the, the guy who likes to provoke a lot of animosity in our brethren from other units, the wizard. I like to propagate conflict. Pro- did you just say propagate? Yeah. Instigate. Yeah. Oh, conflict. Okay. Yeah. And the wizard. And if you're, if you're listening for the first time, you need to just grab hold of your bootstraps, take a knee, face outboard and drink water because this show is going to be action packed. We are bringing on 
one of the coolest cats that's out there right now. Former Ranger, former Border Patrol Special Operations guy, original member of Article 15 Clothing Company. I mean, it, the list goes on and on, and the Wizard's going to tell you more. We're bringing on Vincent Rocco Vargas to the show. Vincent Rocco Vargas. I love this dude, dude. I love this guy. He cracks me up, man. He cracks me up. Tell tell her if you if you're back. However, if you're coming back for more, if this like if you're back and you've been here a bunch, <laughs> you're coming back for the first time and in, in the first time that this has happened that you've been back. <laughs> Did that make any sense? It Not didn't, what you did. said. Not what I said. Yeah. What I'm talking to is the listeners who come back all the time, and we love you. Thank you for coming back. We appreciate your support because you're the ones making this show happen. If you're here for the first time, go visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. Check out all the cool merch we got. Check out all the cool reader listener stories that have been submitted and and get a better vibe and feel for team never quitting the tribe that we're, we're building here. All right, wizard. That was painful to get through. I think this bandana is cutting the circulation off to my brain. Can you please? No doubt. No sunglasses in this relatively dark room are not helping. No, I can't see anything at all. You're being choked out. And my my top button button, on my flannel. I couldn't get mine up either. Get yours up there, dude. On your vodka neck. I'm in off season. The neck's kind of. It's big. Yeah, mine's big right now, too. You there? there Yeah, there we go. Nice, dude. Hold on. And we'll get a photo of this and post it for y'all. Hey, so I'll you post as soon as they both pass out, too. I know. I'm I'm actually feeling and lightheaded. I, yeah. Are you? When I was dressed up earlier, my head started to sweat. Your wax is rolling. Coming <laughs> out? <laughs> leaking? Are you leaking? You got c- cerebral spinal fluid coming out of your nose right now. Basil skull from, fracture. The battle signs over from here. your vato wear. Can you can you die from your attire? You can die. Yeah, be- a fashion you can, victim. You can die because of the attire you wear in certain places, but you're not going to die. Oh, I don't know. There's some twisted yeah, shit. Remember out there. when when uh, Bruce Willis wore that sign in uh, Die Hard Two? Oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Dude, fashion yes. kills. Fashion. Yes. <laughs> Sam Jackson's like, what do you say to him? Hey, man, you having a bad day? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're about to. Because you're about to. <laughs> yeah. Wizard, tell us about Rocco, will you please? Vince, all right, Vincent Rocco Vargas. As we've been talking about, he was a former U.S. Army Ranger combat vet. Did three deployments with Second Bat, Seventy Fifth Rangers. He gets out of that. Uh, he spent some time with DHS, the uh, Department of Homeland Security, working with Border Patrol on their special operations uh, group there. And then after that, he really just started to expand uh, in film as an actor, as a writer, a producer. Let's see, some of the things he's done. 2015, a movie comedy called Helen Keller vs. Night Wolves. If you haven't seen the trailer for this, at least look it up. It's hilarious. Um, he's worked, obviously, on Range 15, a short film called The Long Way Back. He By the way, Range not- 15, Marcus was in. And, and this was, when you think about this film... The, the beauty of the film is not that it's a zombie apocalypse movie made by veterans, but it's the beauty of it is that a bunch of veterans, a bunch of squared away dude, right? Rick, Nick Palmisano, who's been on the show, Matt Best, you know, Jack Mandeville, uh, JT Taylor, Vincent, all, Evan. These guys got together with a dream 
to make a movie and brought it to fruition with the mm-hmm. help and support of their fans, man. That's what I love about it. If you want to, if you want to know, really see something right, really being cool, crowdfunded, right? Something really cool is go watch Range Fifteen, download it by, but then watch. This is not an, a war story. The documentary about the making, super cool by Tim O'Donnell. Sorry, I interjected. No, right, and then like you mentioned, uh, not a war story documentary. He's also he's been working on, I guess, less comedic, more serious, uh, more serious projects. Darkness of Light was a movie that he acted in 2017, and he's now in pre-production for a TV series coming out called Mayans MC, covering the the MC from Southern California. There, right? Is that yeah? The motorcycle. It's a spinoff from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Same people did that are doing this one, man. Thus, the reason I'm wearing my outfit. Although they're bikers, so I'm way off, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Vato, Shit! You know what Vato is from? It's slang for youth, for a youth who means business. Is or it? on the street, yeah, you say, it's Vato. Is it? Yeah, How more, do you know this? From Texas. Oh, I, I didn't know. Kind of, it's I actually, say, I don't know that. That's Mexican slang. What was that great yeah, movie? Out West, kind of. Stand, huh? stand by. Out West, but, what was it? The great movie with Edward James Olmos. He's the teacher who teaches them all. Stand and Deliver? Stand and Deliver. That's it. Nice that job. Great movie. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Let's refocus. It's uh, tough right now. I can't breathe. I know. So, Motorcycle, uh, Mayans <laughs> MC, he's part, of the, he's, he's part of the Drinking Brothers podcast. He is also involved in several businesses. He's an, he's an entrepreneur. He started uh, one of the founding members of Article 15 Clothing. He is involved in Lead Slinger's Whiskey, Gunfighter Tobacco, Huckleberry Beard Company. He has developed, he's pushing himself into all kinds of new avenues. It's it's really interesting. Um, And he's got six kids and lives in El Paso. Six kids. Seis. Seis. Hijos. Hijos. In El Paso. El Paso. That's right. I love this guy. What do you think, brother? Should we bring? Oh, yeah, man. We bring mine? Yep. All right. There's what's the Rangers fight song? Rangers um, lead the way. Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's uh Ah, yeah. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots Come of on, fun. Dude. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. I'm going to tell you what, brother, because I know you have a personal relationship with this this man. The fact that he is out there on the front lines trying to cut path in an industry that you know a lot about, that you know how hard it is, but he's out there with his head down, grinding, grinding it out. That's what I love about him, man. Yeah, it's going to be a good uh, good cast, man. He... When I first got out on the on, on the set with him, we, we kind of butted. I mean, if they picked me, up, he picked me up. Him and another guy, and uh, man, it was one of those deals where I wish I would have run across him in the field. You right? Know, yeah, it'd right? been fun to, to do that. <laughs> Just the intensity that we had, and how much fun we had uh, on that set. You knew it would have correlated over into the box. So, well, I'll tell you what, my favorite cats to work with, man, hands down, are Rangers, right? Because. There's a, a camaraderie. There's a, a, a mutual respect within our two groups, our two units, that just flourishes when we come together, especially when we start talking shit. That's what I love about it the most. Well, we've been going at it long enough to where e- each of us has stepped on uh, on the other one's dick, and, <laughs> and it gives them the, hey, you remember that? 
You're like, yeah, all right, whatever. We got to bring up old shit, right? Yeah, it's, it's always something. <laughs> well, let's exactly. get them on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without further ado, Vincent Rocco Vargas. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, boys? Dude, we, we just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show with us, brother. We just have mad respect for you and what you're doing and as an entrepreneur, an actor, a writer, producer. But in my heart, the thing that I admire most about you and, and the fact that I know you're absolutely insane is that you got six kids, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, that's probably the, the, the one thing I'm most proud of as well. <laughs> <laughs> I got two, brother, and I often feel like I'm in meltdown mode, like I'm going in the OODA loop on a regular basis, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, lot. but it's fun, man. I think it's uh, it, it makes life a lot more uh, entertaining. Absolutely. This is the best part of it, having the kids, having your own tribe, your own recon team, because each one of them have their own personalities. Like, that's my kid saying, you know, I got the wife over here. Why in the hell are you so different than everybody? What <laughs> 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 the hell's wrong with you? But, man, it, it just teaches you so much about yourself. Because ultimately, man, when I look at Axe and Hunter, man, that's the next version of me. So I, I want to train them. That's a scary them. thought. Yeah, dude. you want to train them and give them everything that <laughs> you didn't have. Yeah, you look totally. From that perspective, you're like, all right, what what did I want at that age, and what did I really need? And, and that's kind of well. Let's let's, let's before we mm. jump into this because Rocco, I definitely want to get your perspective on parenting, how you've taken your incredible life experience, your never quit story, your stories, and translated them to parenting. But parenting. But before we do that, brother, here's the deal, man. You got to run the Mad Minute with us now. <laughs> all, right? all right. Now, I know you're used to like a Mad Minute when you're when you you got some, you know, some savage zip tied and, you know, you're 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 looking at him and you want to know some <laughs> info. <laughs> but our Mad Minute is fun because this show is all about positivity. It's all about bringing light to hard situations. So we're going to do a little warm up. Are you ready, brother? Yes. Okay, okay. And at any moment, if things should get a little out of control, just, you know, face outboard, take an E and drink water there, brother. So, Marcus, fire away. Favorite superhero? Uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't just say that. Ah, uh, come on. Did he game that? Why, he, does he hate Spider-Man? Dude, uh, he has a giant Spider-Man cutout above his seat in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Parker at heart. Oh, you too. Well, well Spider Man was the young it was the young kid you could look up to. You see he was being a badass and he was doing superhero shit, right? So you, you kinda of fell in love with that. Yeah, as right. a quirky teenager. We were all quirky when we were teenagers, but he had that amazing gift and battling both of, I don't know. You don't go on you go yeah, down a rabbit hole on that again, him. dude. I I literally I'm gonna break my head <laughs> against this table. Yeah. All right, all right, wizard, <laughs> wizard, fire away. Okay, the classic question. Would you rather be hogtied and locked in a closet for 30 minutes with A, five water moccasins, or B, a chimpanzee with a grenade and a hyperactive sense of curiosity? Jesus. A hogtied. Rather be hogtied. I like it. You're going to be hogtied. Would you rather be in there with water moccasins or a chimpanzee with a grenade? No, water moccasins. As much as I'm terrified of that shit, but the chimpanzee with a grenade, I assume he's going he's gonna to fuck it up. <laughs> exactly. Literally, the consequences literally. are much more severe. I All dig right. it. Or, or yeah, either the monkey is, or I'm going to trying to pull that damn grenade out of his hand. Right? The moccasin. <laughs> is, 
<laughs> There's only one of us that can make that mistake. Exactly. You know, how, you know how strong chimpanzees are? They attack oh, straight for your nuts when they want to fight you. Like, I wouldn't fuck with a chimpanzee. How do you know that? How do you know that? I don't know. I've Googled it or some shit. <laughs> okay, all right, Jack. Monkeys are like, like, those little monkeys are like little people for me. They just scare me. I hate primates. Yeah. yeah. She said, what was that? Like? She said that too close her idea was like, all right, you know, while it was attacking me, I was just going to stick my arm down its mouth so it couldn't bite me. It couldn't close its mouth. Well, the pressure they have is so great that it <laughs> snapped <laughs> it right off. <laughs> Whoops. Well, oh. this is a rabbit hole. All right, all right. Here you go. Next question. If you could pick a dream career... Other than what you're doing right now, which is a lot, what would it be? And tell me what your greatest achievement would be in it. Uh, it would be a professional baseball player and it'd be winning the World Series. You know what I mean? Like, I used to play baseball. I played college baseball before I joined mm-hmm. the military. That was my childhood dream. And I still, I watched the game and I just love the game of baseball and what it stands for and, and, yeah. and the incredible mm-hmm. miracles that happen daily in the sport. So I would just love to be a part of that and, and see what it feels like to win a World Series. Brother, here's what we're going to do, dude. I work with the Red Sox, and if 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 uh, if we can, we're going to get you to come out and hang out with them this year, dude. How's that? Astros. <laughs> that would be crazy badass, man. No, that'd be done. awesome. Done. Done. Marcus, fire away. All right, last thing you did in public, you were glad no one was looking. Oh, I'll probably shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, me too. Oh! <laughs> Oh my Dude, god my wife gives me my wife gives me so much shit about like she goes why do you push your farts out i was like well because they hurt i want to get them out and she goes that's why you shit often and i was like i don't I, I don't think they they go hand in hand i just have stomach issues i guess <laughs> all right all right rocco what is your power animal oh man i love uh platypuses or <laughs> or, uh, or I love platypuses, man. You know, but power would be more of a rhino, I'm assuming. But a pow- I, I just feel like platypuses are just fucking awesome, dude. There is, there is a little thing on my youngest daughter's little iPad game where this guy, this full grown male, has uh, like a muppet of a platypus and sings this song because I'm a platypus, a platypus. And my daughter and I roll for hours. While we're singing that song together. So I feel you, man. Platypus, that's serious power animal. Marcus. All right, brother. Uh, best dive bar you ever been in, and where's it at? Uh, the best dive bar is probably going to be the first dive bar I've ever been in. It was in Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, a small place called Martin's. Uh, it was actually the first liquor license liquor license bar in Owensboro at the time. And so it's really just like one straight strip. And a shitty urinal. Mm. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, it's simplicity. that's awesome, dude. Now, I, I, we ought to just start. That's got to be a regular question because we got to start writing all these like down that. and yeah, keep my catalog. McSorley's in New York. Oh, the oldest bar. Abraham yeah. Lincoln's then, chair is um, in there. Yeah, that's right. That stool. Yeah, dude. Uh, and there's one in Georgia that we stumbled on after a Patriot tour. It's in Atlanta, I think. I don't want to screw this up, man. Or Savannah. And we walked, the guy walked us down to the river and then we came up from the basement. We walked in there. There was more military memorabilia in that from World War II. I mean, Medal of Honors from the guys, wow. coins from everywhere. Huh. And, like, the and it's in Atlanta, somewhere in Atlanta, Buckhead or something. I don't want to screw that up. I'll, uh, we'll figure that out. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Last question from the wizard. Go ahead and fire away, bud. All right. If you could uh, raise one person from the dead, bring them back from the past to walk in the modern world, who would it be and why? Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you, I, I hate him too. Yeah, dude, that's a tough one, man. I can't, dude, this one stumps me right now. I don't even know where I would go with this. Is, is it a fighter? Is it a, is it a, is it an actor or would I, would I want, uh, you know, a politician or, or, or somebody This this is, this kills me. You know, I'd pick, just pick Andrew Jackson. He covers down all those. No, you're not Andrew Jackson, dude. Uh, that, there's actually no. something to what he just said. That's, that's, that's pretty good, Marcus. I like that. Fighter, <laughs> politician, public all figure. Andrew Jackson, he's all over George answer. Washington. I, I, I have the same issue as trying to answer these questions, too, because he's trying to then find why the do you best write answer. Then why do you I write them? Like trick fuck people. <laughs> hey, I just out of curiosity. What, hey, uh, hey, John F. Kennedy. There you go. There you go. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Kennedy. But what was the first one that popped in? You know, there's always that real fast one. And you're like, well, I got to do a better one than that. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Jesus, yeah. always. It is Jesus, the right? The first one yeah. that came to mind is going to be like a, um, like the, the lead singer of Sublime, Brad Knoll. He, you know, he he, uh, he killed himself or he OD'd on heroin. I was uh. a big Sublime fan. I always thought like it would have been cool to see what his music would be like now. That, that's my. Oh, that's cool. Oh, see? That's so cool. That's why you got to go with that first thought. Oh, I like that. That's a great answer. Dig it. All right. All right. So, Rocco, that was the mad 30 minutes for you. We appreciate <laughs> your answers. But now we've got to pivot and get down to the nitty gritty. We've got right. to go to the place where this is why our listeners come. This, this is why they, they are such dedicated followers because we have such incredible guests such as yourself. Come on. And... Really, to imagine as you tell this story or these stories, think to yourself about those people out there that are struggling with their own battle. They're trying to find out what their never quit mindset looks like, and they're looking to you and to us to provide them with a some type of spark or ignition point so they can get up and face the hardships of their life. So Rocco, without further ado, brother, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, essentially if, if, if you kind of dig deep and see who I am and why I am the way I am, uh, it starts with obviously my mother and my father. Uh, and I think they had the no quit mentality at a young age. And, and, and to explain that better is my mother was raised uh, in poverty. Uh, she would, pick cotton and uh, strawberries just so she can try and buy a pair of used shoes uh, wow. and, and, and living in a house with dirt floors and herself in the field at seven, eight, nine years old. And uh, she, she wanted to be more than that. When she got, became 18, she moved to Los Angeles, California. And at that same time, my father at 16 uh, was just getting in trouble with gangs. He was an LA, LA kid um, in gangs and got arrested and decided to join the Marines. Uh, just by hmm. fate, man, they both met during one of his leave weekends and, uh, eventually they became, they got married. My wow. father, my father went from being a hmm. framer construction worker and enough money to eat. And so he went to go, uh, apply for unemployment 
and uh, he saw there was an employment uh, opportunity for the fire department, Los Angeles City Firefighters, and uh, he took the test and passed. And it's just wow. a continuing story with these two to see that they both came from typically pretty much nothing and continue to strive to be more than that. And and I have been raised with this this mindset is, I, you know, I can honestly achieve anything I want from, from having a father who is just a gang member to 32 years career as a L.A. City firefighter, now retired, and now awesome. is currently, currently known as one of the well-known cut men in boxing, you know. To, to Get just out of here. Really. He is. Yeah, his name is Cutman Carlos. You can Google him. He has some of the biggest <sighs> biggest uh, fighters. And he's That's just, awesome. this is what he does now. He, he believes in something and he goes towards it. And the same as my mother, you know, and she, she's been, you know, the sweetest person I've, I've ever lived with in my entire life. And, and she's inspired me to be who I am. That's why I, I don't see a boundary. You know, I've never seen boundaries in my life. I've never thought that I couldn't be in Hollywood. I just said, well, what's the steps I need to take to get to Hollywood? Because there's obviously a path. You know, the reason my... Yeah, yeah, but brother, your path has not been obviously the typical route to Hollywood, <laughs> man, at all. So, you know, help help people understand along the way, you know... How, you, how those pivots, you know, starting probably with your athleticism as a kid, because I know that's real important for you and your kids. Why so? Yeah, well, because sports taught me a lot. You know, sports taught me loss. Sports taught me uh, how to bounce back. You know, the reason I have resiliency is because baseball is such a negative sport, right? Such a difficult sport when you, you're a good ball player when you bat 30%. You do 30% anything else in life, you're a loser. And so I, I played a career of playing baseball, the most negative, difficult sport ever, and still loved the sport. You know, I fell in love with, with losing because I learned what I needed to do to get better, and, and I built myself. And I took that with me everywhere. I took that, that same mindset in the military. You know, we've lost friends. I've, I've, I've seen some, some stuff that, that still bothers me, but at the same time, I continue moving forward, right? Like, whatever I've learned in sports and what I've learned in life, what my parents have faced, it's just facing adversity and continuing to, to, to move forward. How do I better myself? Every day, that's like the thought process in my head is, what am I going to do today to make myself better? By the end of the year, I'm going to be an, a better person. Hmm. And if I've done that every year, so on and so forth, I'm going to continue to advance in whatever position I need. And that's what I've done. You know, I, I got out of the military and had a lot of trouble with transitioning hmm. because, fuck, man. And you get out, and, and I was an Army Ranger, and I really felt that I accomplished some amazing shit, and I did. But the rest of the world didn't fucking get it, right? And it, and it, it ate me up for years, from drinking to losing a marriage. You know what I mean? All this stuff killed me. And then eventually I realized, like, man, it's, this is all part of the process, you know? Uh, uh, this is all part of the story. And anything that bad happens to me, it's like it's part of the story, and it's fine. You know what I mean? I'm going to continue to write my pages of my life, and, and eventually the... the in the end, it's going to be a success story. I'm going to continue to to see fucking negativity and, and keep keep going. Well, it's I I love that mindset. And and for our listeners, if you if you really want to hear a, a great piece that Rocco wrote, you can go to the History Channel or History dot com, and he wrote this great this great uh, blog entry called "After the War: A Soldier Struggle to Come Home," where he identifies you know five key things that soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coasties uh, struggle with in their process. And I thought it was a really beautiful article that you wrote in there. But before we get there, one of the interesting things that I really found about your background was 
this concept and you talk about it on your awesome podcast, uh, the Vinny rock podcast and where you talk about how in school you never felt that drive. You always kind of came, it wasn't your thing. How come you couldn't find it in that space right there with, with, and do better in school and, and thrive there? Oh, I, I had a reading disorder. <laughs> and it was, that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was a big deal. I didn't actually, the first book I've ever read was uh, my first deployment. My team leader made me read a book, and he actually helped me get through it. I had a dictionary on my hand. I had a thesaurus. I had the book, and I had a highlighter pen, and everything I had I couldn't read, he would get me through it. And, that, and, you know, those are things that back in the day in L.A. City, they, didn't, they probably didn't identify that I was dyslexic. You know, and, and I, we realized later because one of my sons is dyslexic and we're like, whoa, that's probably what my problem was for so many years. I couldn't read. And I got by because I was good at baseball. You know what I mean? Like teachers would pass yeah. the seats. I went to summer school for making up for the classes I kept failing. And it wasn't that I didn't enjoy school. I loved it. I mean, I, li- I like learning. Like now at my age, I can read well and I can actually, you know, get some knowledge. I, I enjoy it. But it was a lot of insecurities with reading that kind of deterred me from doing anything else. I kind of shied away from, from anything when it comes to education because that was kind of the, the, the dark cloud over my head. Once I got through that, man, it was, it was gold. I, what's crazy to me is, and this is a massive problem out there, what, and I think it's such a, a blessing for you to understand that. And so, you know, with your kids, with your son, that now we know how how difficult that is for people to face as, as young kids, right? Because of those embarrassment factors, because of, you know, the, the, they don't want to be different or thought that they're, you know, whatever, but in reality, they really need to do what Rocco, they need to get out and, and, and make it known. Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah. No, you had to speak up. Like once we found out he was having trouble, all we did was focus more time on his reading and, and show him how to get through his difficulties. And, the kid's doing good in school. And if I knew better as a kid, I would have asked for help early on because it, kids are ruthless and, and, and made, being made fun of for, for reading is a frustrating thing. And you know how kids are in school. You've gotten a lot of fights for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, this is stuff that comes out in high school when you think about it at this age. It's just like, I can't even believe I was worked up about that. And I, I, now you have kids in college and high school and you try and tell them hey, this isn't, it's not that big of a deal. But in their world massive yeah you know you think back and i think coming out of the military you're, you're right once you do the jobs that, that we do man the 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 life is fast and, and hard right and there's there's so many opportunities for us to get out there especially when there's a warrant for us to to perform and then when you get out i think it's kind of hard to find something that goes as fast as that and i think the, the trick is is to get a lot do a lot of things yeah, because that's what we we actually do a lot of stuff from sun up to sundown in the military, but it becomes routine for us and it's a part of our life. And then when you get out, you drop those little things. And I, I think that in itself, man, if you kind of maintain, they always say that too. That's why the Marines shave and blouse their boots out in the field, man. Is that routine to keep your right. mind off of combat? Well, the combat life or that daily stressor, same thing. I have multiple hobbies. Like there's always something when you finish one thing, and then as you kind of get back into that playing field, you pull them away and you slow down to that point to where. You got that. You're back to your homeostasis as a civilian, and we talk about it too, man. For every ten years you're in, you're probably gonna need about two to get out, right? <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah at least. And it's also important for the guys when they get out of the military, take a step back and realize in that little section of your life how much freaking fun we had. Couldn't do it anywhere else. 
I, yeah. hands down, hands down. And, and that's what I, I, you know, when you think about that and, and I want to go back and just touch a little bit, you were a baseball player. That was your passion. That was your life. All of a sudden you make this transition, like, all right, but I, I'm not feeling a sense of fulfillment in that where I wanted to be. I'm going to go in the military. How did that happen for you, Rocco? Well, I had my first daughter. Uh, she was born, and at the time, I'm still playing college ball, but I'm not doing good academically. Uh, I'm watching the war on TV, and it's it's killing me that I'm not there. I'm killing me that I, I don't have the stories that some of these guys have and, and, and being able to be a part of that. Uh, and so, you know, I, I knew I was going to fail out of college. I wasn't doing already. Uh, so here's the funny thing. The first recruiter I went to was, was a Navy recruiter because the only thing I knew about the military besides the Marines, like my dad, uh, was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> so I told him, I said, how can I be a Navy SEAL? He goes, well, we can do underwater welding and then get you in the contract, but if you don't make it. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. I didn't know any better. Uh, so I told him, I was like, let me think about it. I went outside and the Army recruiter was telling me about the Army Rangers. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And he goes, plus you have college. I can give you a bonus. And I was like, all right. And so I ended up going that route, started watching everything I could about learning uh, what a ranger was. Uh, and eventually I showed up and somehow got through it all. I love that. I, I did the same, you know, Navy SEALs with Charlie Seen, Blackhawk Dad. Those are where, back then when there wasn't all the stuff written in all the different, you know, documentaries. Yeah. Like that that was our go to, right? Yeah, I didn't know any better, you know? <laughs> all it right. almost gets to the point to where you, like, when you spend enough time in the military and especially the, the selected branches. You, you get so many skill sets that when you get out, I, I think some of the guys, they, and people have this perception of what uh, a, a warfighter is capable of and isn't capable of. They don't know the whole dynamic of it. And if you're in, a, in there for a long time, you have a lot of skill sets, especially the higher rank, you get more responsibilities. And sometimes I think guys get out and they get pigeonholed and trapped into a, a skill set they had when they were a private. And they know they're capable of something like a sergeant major or a sergeant, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the and, reset. Uh, yeah, and yeah. they've had to reset all the way back down when in reality when you come out of the military especially after 20 years man that's 20 years of experience i mean while everybody else just kind of went out and got the few years of school in and then went into the the career field man you you're schooling and career field the entire time well, you know that's actually the fifth stage of uh, what dave mentioned before in the the after the war soldiers struggle the fifth point that uh, Rocco wrote here is the veteran who gets through these stages to realize he's a civilian now, but a civilian who has the tools that he learned in the military and that these tools can make him successful. I mean, you want to, you want to talk a little a bit more about the way I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely explained that a lot better than I did. You should have led with that. while I'm over here clamoring around this microphone and fucking make my point. It was good though. No, it was, it's good. Rabbit holes. Wizard, right? Really? <laughs> But Rocco, you want you want to talk maybe a little bit more about those stages of transition and maybe your story as you went through them? Yeah, well, like you know. you know, when I wrote that, it's just I, I've been you know I've been active in the veteran community for a while. You know, I help with Drinking Bros. It's a big veteran community as well as you know just patriots and, and like minded individuals, and mm-hmm. and I've been helping a lot with a lot of you know veterans transitioning, going around doing transition speeches, and it's the same thing. Like everyone goes through the same exact cycle or a very similar cycle. You know, there's some guys obviously that miss a few stages, but I got out originally thinking, you know, I was kind of, uh, the, the, you know, the society owed me a, a thank you and a, and a high five and a discount. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that came. It just, for some reason, I got out expecting to be appreciated a lot more than I was. And it, and it fucking mentally crushed me when I, when no one gave a shit. And 
no one should give a shit, right? Mm. Like realistically, like no one should. <laughs> uh, and then you know, I went through the rest of the stages from from. I used to drink on every anniversary date of a, of a fellow buddy who, who died and, and that killed me, man, for years. It would, mm. it would bring be worse and worse. Like every year I was trying to, well, tonight I'm going to try and finish two bottles of fucking Jack and, and because it's for them. <laughs> and, mm. and I kept doing these things and I yeah. didn't realize, I didn't see it till later. Like all I was doing was hurting myself and it's something that they themselves would never want, right? They would want to be see success. They themselves wouldn't waste the life that's given to them. And, and, and they would, they would go and try and achieve great shit. Mm-hmm. There, there's part of you that needs that. Right. But eventually you can't dedicate to, to kill yourself on the anniversary date every year. Cause then eventually you start to see it as if they, you, you died that day as well. Right. And, and that's what you start to do. And, and, and it, it's not beneficial mm-hmm. to someone trying to be successful in the civilian culture by becoming an alcoholic freaking on certain days. It's really, it, it turns into some negativity. And for me personally, is what I've, I've identified. And so, but I'm not the only one. A lot of my buddies do it, right? And so it was just like we, we go through these stages. It's That's almost really like common, grieving. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going through like stages of like acceptance and understanding. And finally you get through it all and be like, okay, fuck, dude. I've transitioned and, and I've gone through some shit. And I fucking, I'm, I'm done blaming everyone else for it. I, I realize I look in the mirror and see like I fucked myself up and it's all good. I can get through this and I continue to move on. And so that's what the last stage was is like, then you realize that, you know, you're just another civilian now with a lot of fucking skills and let's go fucking crush the civilian world now. And that's, and that's when you get through all the fucking stages. I love it. I love, do you remember, do you remember that moment? Was it a specific moment or was it a gradual aha when you're like, all right, huh, you know, the, the, the rocks off, I'm out. I can drop my shield. Now I can pursue X dream. Do you was it a specific time for you? Yeah, for me it was like I I, I had to give up the whole lifestyle. You right? I I still lived in that world. I got out and went special operations border patrol, and I was mm-hmm. with the you know I was attached with Vortex, and we were doing missions, and we were kicking in fucking doors, and we we're doing all the same shit. Right? So I it ended up luck and right back into a community that felt comfortable, but it still was eating away at my personal life. I went through another divorce. Right? I became a single father. I never. And when I walked away from that career and started focusing on business and entertainment, uh, I really, I felt that I felt the weight lifted off of me. I felt, I felt that I wasn't holding on to, to being a ranger anymore. I was now accepting that that side of me is gone and it's time to be a father. And so I kind of started stepping up more in my kids' lives. I became a single father in 2013, raising the four kids on my own for a while. And then, uh, you know, I went through a, you know, an ugly relationship and jumped right, you know, now, Years later, I, you know, I met an amazing woman and we have two kids and total here in, in, the in the mindset of, I wish I was still kicking indoors. I think we always do, but I, I've kind of let that side of me go and appreciate all those years, but, uh, it's, it's time to move on to greener pastures, you know, man, you look, you nailed it. It's, I had to have somebody tell me that I wasn't a seal anymore either. That, that, <laughs> they had to, they have to tell you that, right? Literally, <laughs> literally. And, I, and the craziest part is that. We've had to, our generation, we've dealt with so much death that we, we, you're right. You know, you're talking about drinking on the anniversary of one of them dying, man. Well, we've actually, and our, we got it down to where it's crazy that we figured that, that we have actually have a pattern of what happens. So from the time they die till we put them in the ground, it's a debauchery going, I mean, it's all or nothing. And then once we slam them, uh, those tridents home, put them in the ground, then from there on out, we live out our lives like they would want us to. You know, they, your friends don't want you to drag. 
your butt right. and feel sorry for yourself, man. You know, you, you make it's that life promise, like 19 promises, man. I, I'm going to mourn your death. And then on the anniversary of it, yeah, we remember them, but you don't go back down and kill yourself over Negative. it. Yeah, you yeah. maybe do something better on that day. <laughs> Here's what I finally came down to. You got to give up being a SEAL because you're not one anymore. But I think if you hold on to the outline of what we are, is kind of what will keep you sane because it's what you what we are. I mean, you'll never completely get rid of it. Um, Good framework. Yeah, it's a exactly. It's a model of what you you are. It's the type of man that you are. It's that those baselines that we build up from the from the bottom down. We started when we were kids and baseball and sports and into the military, and it's just always adding one more layer on top of yourselves. And then when you get into that dad fold, you know, protection and enforcement. Yep. Yep. Well, well, Rocco mm-hmm. talks about that on his podcast on a couple of shows about that transition in your life where you're like, all right, this is what I want to do now, but I don't know squat about it. I'm going to pay attention to this person and this person. You talk about Nick and Matt and, and Evan and all these things, and you're just consuming this information. What was that like well, for they, you? It uh, must have been they, invigorating. What happens is they overlook the glaring thing that they have a plan. They know what they want. Most people don't even know that. Like Even if they don't know anything about it, but you know what you want to do, that's all you need. Because you can just ask yeah. somebody where to go to learn about it. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly. I sat there watching and just, look, these, some of these guys didn't know any more than I did, but some of them did. And I just sat there watching and learning and learning and just soaking it all in. I mean, guys like Nick, obviously, is one of the, were the first guys with the veteran t-shirt mm-hmm. business that's been successful. Guys like Evan and, and Matt, you know, Matt doing the whole social media marketing entertainment side of things and Evan, you know, doing the coffee business. <clears throat> but these are guys that you have to sit there and watch and take in. You, you're going to see what you can learn from and what you can take and stuff that you're probably not going to do, right? And like, like in any leadership that, that I've ever had, I take things that I like and then I, th- I trash out the shit I don't. And so, you know, I've done that for so many years. And, and I think the biggest part is most guys aren't willing to actually – do it right like just go ahead and just fucking do it like when i did my podcast when i dude i sat here googling and youtubing and eventually i just fucking recorded and posted <laughs> because cause at one point you just gotta do it right you just gotta go ahead and and throw it out there and see what happens and a lot of people don't do that their their willingness they don't have the willingness to engage they just have the willingness to talk about it and 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 when the time is right they're gonna start a business or they're gonna help more veterans or they're gonna whatever they're gonna do but they don't do it, right? And I think the biggest thing is the fear of failure holds a lot of people back. Well, where did no, guys, that, where guys, did, guys where did development sorry. come from? I mean, did you you said that came from the um, the example of your parents, or did you pick that up later? You know, where and how do people apply this if that's not something they already have in their lives? I don't know. I you know, like I said, from military. I mean, from from starting with sports and then military, you you see a lot of loss and failure and hurt, and and you have to bounce back and. I just, hmm. I think to live a good life, you have mm-hmm. to experience a lot of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? To live a fulfilled life, you mm-hmm. go through it. You, you get put through the ringer. You make mistakes. You, you, you can become bankrupt. There's several times I thought I was going bankrupt, but you keep driving on, right? You, there's, there's a reason why I love this. It's a challenge. It's something new for me, and, and I feel like I can be good at it, but I also know there's a risk involved where you can you lose everything. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, pain and fear... Mm. Aggression, that, that's all relevant to the person, to the beholder. Amen. I mean, if you, yeah. You're right, man. The only way you're going to know you're having a good life is to have some bad times to weigh it off of. And if you're weighing it off of somebody else's bad times, then that's not your life. I mean, there's been plenty of times people are like, oh, this is terrible, blah, 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 bl
And that's how you know that we are, we're different, right? And I think we're yeah. getting them out of the military too. What happens is because we separate, we go back home and you, some of the guys get out there and they don't have any boys around. Best thing we did was stay together. And yeah. your friends, especially, man, if you went through combat with somebody, if you can go over to a foreign country and strap on some armor and stay alive and go into other people's houses and do what we did, <laughs> trying to tell me you can't come back home and, and do what, anything, I mean, anything to make it work just with that collective. Even if you just keep them on the phone, tell them what you're doing. Because your boys always back you up, man. I, it, regardless, there's just something that happens to us after we go through all that stuff. He and I never served together, but, man, it didn't matter. We were in the same box. For sure. Yep. Holding up different ends. You know what I mean? And when when you get back, we click back together and have the just uh, – it, it's easy, isn't it? I mean, then it just, it just yeah. feels smooth. When you're alone, it doesn't. Well, a, a tribe is essential always in, in any, every, yeah, every we're, facet we're of we're your life. We're pack animals. Yeah, I mean, totally. you got to know that. And and mm-hmm. us too with an our with the with the indoctrination of of our psychology and how we succeed as a collective, both in our pain and outside of our pain, it's essential. You have to have it. My my favorite part is the evolution of the soldier afterwards. Right when you're hitting the spot where Rocco is now, and and one of my favorite things, which I I, I said before we started recording to you, Rocco, is I love the fact that you're going into acting. And yeah. if people don't understand acting, it is one of the hardest professions there is on the planet, right? And because of what it, it it's counterintuitive to guys like us, right? At all. Yeah. But what another very, you know, I think very promising thing for all the people watching and supporting you is your vulnerability in that acting. Can you describe hmm. why you wanted to choose acting? What you're learning about yourself? And what you're taking from your past to help you improve on this new craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, so the reason I wanted to try acting, is I grew up in L.A. and I see it, but it's always been something interest. I love the storytellers. I love movies. And, and so I wanted to be a part of that. It would, I would love to be a, a face in that world. And, and so I tried it. I actually went to an audition, but remember, I couldn't read, and I, and I and I completely screwed it up and was so embarrassed that I just completely walked away from oh, it. Completely. <laughs> trying wow. To, trying to sight oh, read. wow. Yeah. So, you know, from there, now doing range 15, I kind of got inspired to try it again. And uh, I was luckily given the opportunity to, to go to an audition, and I got a part. But in doing so, you know, you you, you realize how vulnerable that world is. You're You're having to pull from some emotions you've probably been trying to hide or, or, or hold back for years to, to bring out the acting side of you. And it's, it's different and it's difficult at times. And I guess it wasn't expected at first, but like mm-hmm. any of us in the room, you guys, you know, when you do anything, you want to be the best at it, you know? And so I'm doing my <laughs> best to try and kill it on film to represent one, just myself and my family into the veteran community and improving that we can essentially do anything we put our minds to, but it's been the myself to let go and uh and just do it what they want me to do and express and, and pull from emotions that are that are that have been held held down for years you know so when you went into uh, let me ask you this mm-hmm. i was just curious so for your auditions and you know as well as i do in the mill and especially in the rangers and what in the teens man our training is 24 7 right i mean we just run the same thing over and over and over again so, i mean acting yeah I, mean, I, I i i acknowledge that for sure but that's you know, I'm talking when he's in a scene with 
really experienced actors. And some of the guys he's working on the Mayans show with, I mean, these guys yeah, exactly. are phenomenal. Like, these guys have been training how many years longer? It's like being a, coming into a room with a guy who's been in forever, right? Yeah. And they just were like, uh, yeah. you just know when That's they walk exactly in. Like, yeah, it's exactly it. Like, I sit there. I don't have the fear that they have because, fuck, I've been shot at. I can get too fucked about acting. Uh-huh. I'm not going to get hurt here. But uh, <laughs> you know, I actually want to show up there and be, be welcomed. And so when I go in there, I stand there next to a guy who's fucking done this and who has got, like, uh, awards and shit. And, and you watch them, how they steal the show. You know, they steal the scene. And it's, it's intimidating, you know, because you're like, fuck, dude, do I, do I match up with this guy? Can I... You know, am I, are people going to watch this and be proud of what I've done or embarrassed? You know, there's a lot that goes, it's a vulnerable. You zone out essentially, and you just kind of do what they ask and you hope to God it resonates on film. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's some, there's some deeper underlying really great lessons that you can speak to now, Rocco, because I think being in the civilian world and going, whether it's you're trying acting or you're getting a new job or you're working in some industry that you've never been around, there's a certain, you know, respect that you have to get to their operators in that, in that, that realm. And then there's a certain humility and openness that happens within you're moving back to that buck private or back to the semen or whatever to move forward. How do you recommend people acknowledge that space a little bit better for themselves and, and be more open to that vulnerability? I think it's, it's, it's a big problem that we have with the, you know, the, the male and the masculinity and being, being a shooter and being a, being a badass, whatever the case it is, all these, these, high-speed dudes, um, not willingness to open up and be vulnerable. You know, I think that's like a lot of my writing has been vulnerable, but I have a lot of guys that message me PM secretly and be like, dude, I love what you say. I love the honesty. And it's like, I know, man, but we could all be honest, right? We could all, we could all do that. And for some reason, we oh, don't. Oh, that's true, but man. They drain that so, out of us. In, I know. I know. I feel like since I've let that side go of me a little bit more, I've been able to open more doors in this world. And so, and, 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 and be, and it made me a better father too. I'm willing to, you know, to really love on my kids and, and, you know, it's just, it's been different. I don't know. I'm kind of stuck. No, it, I, I think it's a wonderful that you're talking about this because I think the great, the great contradiction is, or the, the, the assumed contradiction of you can't be a badass and also be a loving friend and father and 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 spouse that those two somehow don't match it's all bullshit the reality is you you know if you can be a warrior at 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 death and a warrior at love in the same capacity you you grow infinitely more as a person and your ability to effectuate real positive change in the world around you can you describe a little bit about why you want to be not only a, an actor, but a producer and a writer too? Yeah. I mean, you know, I took this step because I didn't want to always be a YouTube guy. I didn't want to be a Facebook guy. I wanted to actually step out there and try and make a bigger, bigger name for myself to have more power as, as a voice, as a voice for the community. You know, you could be a YouTube guy, 
But if the rest of the world knows me, who I am, they're going to sit there and want to listen to what I have to say. That's really the dream. You know, that's the goal. Why would I want to step into acting and directing? I'm not so much in this for fame. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't give a crap about that at all, right? Like, my whole dream is to just be able to sit in my house, write a story, and send it off. But, but to be able to produce some of the stories out there that need to be told, whether it is military, whether it is law enforcement, whether it is family, whatever it is, but I would love to be a part of that and have a footprint in that to be able to be the future storyteller of America, you know? And, and with that, having a stronger voice for the community to help others is really just the goal and why I do what I do. You know, we're sitting here listening to you, and you, you talk more and more about this work that you're getting into, and, and you can tell that, you know, you're passionate about this. How critical is being passionate, being really invested, just being 100% in on a new undertaking that you're, you're getting yourself involved in, particularly one where you're reinventing yourself, such as, you know, such as you are here? Uh, it, it's huge. You know, I, I moved to Utah just to make sure I can fly into LA more uh, faster and more, more reliable. Uh, and, and I've kind of given myself to this art, you know, like opening myself up to other roles that might be crazy uncomfortable for guys like us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid to play a woman if I had to. Why? Because it's a challenge. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And I know the rest of the community is probably like, dude, that's, that's fucking weird. Right. It is but I'm dedicating to this for a reason, right? There's a, there's a method to my madness. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a mission here. And if that's what I have to do to accomplish this mission, then I'll do it because, you know, in the end, like I said, it's a bigger voice for the veteran community and and that's what it's about. And so I feel like you have to, you have to fully give yourself to whatever it is that you want. And this is exactly what I'm willing to do. I love it, man. I, I think it's so phenomenal that you go all in, you know, in what you're doing and, and, and our listeners out there, they, they hear that concept repeatedly and they hear it in a couple different formats. And I, and, and I, if you had to tell our listeners something, right. Some piece of some, some Rocco, you know, wisdom, what are you going to tell that person as the igniter, the Kickstarter that's going to get them going? So there's a few things like I've carried with me my whole life throughout my career from baseball all the way to the military and all the hard times. And it's been the words can't break me. And, and, and that nice. means, yeah. And that means so much to me. It means it, no matter what it is, you can't break me, whether it's a divorce, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's a loss of a, of, of a loved one, I don't care what it is. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of things that hit me in life. And no matter what, the one answer I have for it is you can't break me. And so I've carried that with me. I tell my friends to, to, to fail fast, fail early, but never quit, you know, and, and those are, those are things that stick with me and, and I'll continue to give back to the community. But, you know, that's, that's what I live by. And, and I hope that others can take that with them and hopefully motivate them again to keep on going. I love mm-hmm. it, brother. That's, that's genius, man. We've had so many people that had their personal mottos or their idea. And that's really what the team never quit podcast is all about is to bring us together to show these, these tools to, uh, you know, really face adversity to overcome the obstacles in life. And, and Rocco, man, you, you are a, a shining light in, in, in that respect, brother. So thank you. Before we get off though, before we hang up, can you please brother, Tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can listen to you, what you're involved in, everything, man. Let's get the rundown. Yeah, let's see. So just social media and Facebook, you go Vincent Rocco Vargas. Uh, Instagram, you can find it there too, Vincent.rocco.vargas. 
you can go to vinnyrock.com and that's where I have my podcast stuff, some of my shirts, as well as videos I've done in my blogs. And that's really the place where I just kind of post my, my thoughts uh, that I, for, for life. Um, obviously, owner of Article 50 Clothing, Lead Singers Whiskey, Beard.com, like, like beards, mustaches and stuff. So I own that as well. It's something I've been been growing myself in, but brands like True North Motor Company, um, gosh, Freedom Jerky. That's a that's beef jerky that every bag you go you buy goes to a nonprofit that helps veterans uh, again with transition. Um, you know, those, those are really the heart and soul of what I do, um, and that's that's it. I'm, I'm building and building more and more stuff. But really, essentially, if you guys are interested in yeah. following me, see what I got going on, check out my social media. I'm on there quite a bit. Yeah, you are. And the posts that you put out, bro, are awesome. I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm so grateful. I feel very blessed uh, that we could uh, get you on the show, brother. And and thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, guys, man. It's an honor. And Marcus, hit me up, man. We'll talk more about movies. All right, man. Freaking love you. Thanks again for coming on here. Yeah, God bless you, brother. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks, guys. Once again, Marcus. Once more into the breach, dear friends. I love that you just brought a little Shakespeare out. I quote that all the time. You guys look at me like I'm nine-eyed, dude. I don't know. It's just inspired right there. Well, you know what so, I'm inspired by? That's so well, too, Wizard. He's got like the that. the first time I've ever heard it. I don't know. He's you got you that. Said it? No, he, I don't ever say it. I, just I think say, it's the lingering say, presence of, say, of Sir Robert Young Felton. Oh, he's just sitting. He's around. <laughs> the man has impacted uh, this show. He's left the crater. Got a wall poster right there. Just, we got to get him up, dude. World's most dangerous place like poster. A, like a, like a, a bronze bust. Bust. Right? Of him and put uh, it right there. Robert Young Felton. Yeah, Sir Robert Young Felton. Yeah, our first TNQ sir, er, night, right? We'll have oh. a whole the first, <laughs> night of the first order. <laughs> first order. What I'm saying, though, is once again, once again, I'm, I'm listening to the dude and what he's done, where his parents came from, playing sports, dropping out of school, reading disability, joining the Rangers, three combat deployments, a special ops and D or uh border patrol. Play baseball. Actor now yeah. in, in a big series and writing his own stuff and six kids. Yeah. Damn. And life's an adventure, right? When you come up like that and you see many different worlds throughout your life and, that perspective he has, and I, he's just open un, up to that. I would imagine as he starts writing, you know that's that's going to oh. come out unfolded as it's going to look next page, next chapter in that book. Man, he keeps this is where his mind's really going to blow out exactly as to as to everything when you start putting that on paper and really thinking about it and putting those two and two together, and it, it gives you you know it gives you a good track back through your life too because a lot of that stuff gets overlooked by the well you forget it or or yeah, the bigger, it, it becomes irrelevant right yeah, in the, the moments you're in the overall goal has been achieved or. Yeah. Not achieved, but you know, talking about the little steps that were so big in the beginning aren't anymore because you've you've hit some big landmarks, totally milestones or whatever you want to call it, and they're in the past. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and if you go also to and and for you and 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 uh, there were a couple shows on his podcast where he gets into more depth on those, and so those are great places for our listeners to be able to go if you want to really dig into those those changes, those shift, and why he chose to do what he was doing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I thought was really interesting was 
I hesitate to say this because there's so much discussion around male vulnerability, you know, exposing your emotions <laughs> and, and all this nonsense. It can go way too far. It can be, to, you know, to the castration of, sure. of masculinity, which I think that there's a lot out there. That, there's, there's a lot of type out there that want to push that agenda. But if you, if you take a more middle-of-the-road approach where you do not have to just because you're a badass – you know, and you're maybe you're tactically focused and all this, you have to shut everything else down. We were getting into that point with him where he was talking about having to open this other avenue of himself to be able to, to do acting, where you can be a little broader, more broad spectrum than simply, oh, I'm going to be a badass, so I'm going to be like Josie Wales. I'm going to be the Hollywood archetype character of what, Ultra masculine means well, that it means you be, have yeah. no feelings yeah. whatsoever. You have no, you know, you're just you're cold, calculated in everything you do, and I think that's probably too narrow. I think people can be well. He, he, na- guys he, he, he talked more about that though. He picked the one profession that. where you can't do that. No, and he said right. it. He's like, I don't want to be typecast. I want to experience everything. If I got to dress up like a chick, right, woman, do, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, which by the way, Rocco, when you do dress up like a woman, a woman for a part, I'm that's going to be the funniest thing I ever seen in my life. Unless it's like a really dramatic role, then I'll I'll only make funny if no, if they redo Tootsie. Yeah, yeah, re- yeah. <laughs> pull that role. How are you going to cover his tats? That's what I want to know. Anyways, the tattooed Mexican. I, 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 listen, I think you're tracking on a big point that out there. That all right? Yeah. It, it, you do not have to push so far into vulnerability where you lose your masculinity. You do not have to push so far into that space just to prove. Well, who makes you do that? We choose when and where we, uh, we, we drop that guard. Right. In front of your wife. You know, you, I, mean, I, I tell them, I, tell them I, I sleep next to you. Like I close my eye. Like that's total trust, right? <laughs> no body armor, no nothing. Back yeah. to you. Uh, I'm laying right here asleep, man. That's total vulnerability. What 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 do you want in the outward displays of affection? Well, that goes to your woman and our boys, right? We yep. show we do show affection. Oh, and our show affection, lions oh. show affection differently than you know what I'm talking about? Uh, absolutely. It, right. And uh usually the people who complain about the over and what we do are the ones who who they're not as far down the line as we are. Well, I and there's and I think to to both your points, yes. There is there is a, a, a space and time for all of that to be expressed. I got a perfect example of that. Let's hear it. All right. PTR rollback land. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for that memory. Right? Instructor. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Probably hardest man on the planet, right? Pretty hard, dude. Obviously the fastest one. I don't forget. <laughs> During the class up party, one of our guys, Wiseman, was like, hey, instructor, I think I'm going to take you on this run. He's like, you're going to need a fucking rocket on your back to catch up with me. <laughs> You know, this is at the party, right? Yeah. He, he always had, I mean, he was such a class act instructor because he was always, if you were a student, he was always an instructor, right? Had them always, glasses down, always. whether or not it was daytime or night. Yeah. Had that moist. Yeah. Me and another buddy of mine, Rollback Land, come bebopping around the corner in PTR, and he's in there. He's got his shades up on his forehead, and he's on the phone. He's like, he's talking to his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, baby, it's okay. You know, it's all right. If you, if, you, if the boys can be mean every now and again, yeah. you know, he's going through this whole thing, all whole, whole gamut. We do the knock on the door, yeah. and you can just see this butt right in the backside because yeah. he's leaning forward into the cubicle. He's like, "Hold on, baby, just one second, okay." He leans back, and drops his shades down with his head. 
What the fuck do you want? And then just starts beating the piss out of us right there for. He's like, shut up. <laughs> hey, daddy's got to go, okay? And, you know, then he's on the phone, drops the shades back down, like switches into character, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. what it is. We switch into It's not an all, on all the time, off all the time thing with us. I mean, you, everyone knows that as well. As well you, the way the guys, we carry ourselves and just our backstory of what makes us up makes us a certain way. We carry ourselves a certain way. That's how you can identify one of them. It's, it's, it's because we become what we are. And that dominant lifestyle, the minute we wake up, you know the deal. There's another alpha standing around next Amen. to you. Even if it's your best friend, your guard's up, man. Because Always. we take heavies from our friends harder than we take anything else. More than anyone else, by exactly. far. And when the kid, and I learned this now that I'm a, a husband and a father, man. It's when that wife and them kids, because that's the inner part of you, right? It's staring you in the face. That's how you know you're proficient in what you do. Totally. you have the emotional capabilities and capacities to accompany it. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's a time and a place for ultra-masculinity, and there's a time and a place for being a gregarious, family-oriented man. Yeah. And that's really where the true skill is. And I love that ex- the example you gave where he was able to transition in and out of that. And I think that was my what I found interesting real. in the beginning was, you know, truly the deeper your development as a, human, uh, a male human being... I think the greater your ability to transition in and out of those different roles as necessary. You don't need to avoid either one of them. You just use the one that's appropriate at the appropriate time. I think that's the difference between women and men. Men have to learn how to do that. Women are naturally capable They're of doing gifted it. with it. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. All great, great points. I, I really think in the future, you know, Rocco's going to have some, it's going to take him a little while for sure to feel it out and feel it. dress for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I think, What'd you say? Being dressed for a little bit. God bless you for saying that. Feel the breeze. I love it. Yeah, right. right. Hey, man. I I love Vincent. I should Rocco. Sorry, I took hate for that again. But I I I just think he's gonna. We're gonna see awesome things from him. And and again, make sure you check out check out his YouTube page. His follow him on Instagram. Uh, go drink lead slingers whiskey. Do all those things. Vincent's a part of, and all the. (laughs) I did it again, Rocco. Do all those things that rock. Well, here's the thing that I didn't want to say. I didn't want to bring up. Okay. I didn't want to bring- catch you doing that in the beginning. He, I don't even know how you, you turn that around like that. I'm like, Hey, hey you what, Vincent, you go by Rocco. He's like, Oh, all my friends, everyone calls me Rocco. My mama calls me Vincent though, but uh, all right, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal, dude. He's got, he, he really likes the rock. And he and he posts all these pictures where he'll like he'll everyone su- likes the rock. No, no, hold on. Well, he'll superimpose his face like next to Rock hanging oh, out I with another that. dude, know, you know. Yeah. And, and he wears the rock, you know, the turtleneck and the thing for yep. Halloween. He really digs the rock. So I, you know, it's I. Hey, man. I want. Did he ask? Did have they met? No, they I don't think so. Oh. I was going to bring it up to you, but oh man, maybe we should tell him later. Yeah. He'd probably be all bent, though, if he found out your buddies with him. So, All right. Anyways, thank you, Rocco. Appreciate you coming on, man. You were awesome. Uh, we're, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, I think, in the future have him back on because the journey he's on just keeps mm. getting better and better. All right. Listen, if, if this, again, your first show, hoo-yah. All right? If you're a repeat offender, Thank you for coming back. We we love you. We couldn't do it without you. Um, 
It's just amazing. If you, if you want to know more, hey, man, tnqpodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us all over the place. Always posting cool stuff. Be a part of the team. And most importantly, right, it's you're, you're a, you becoming a part of, of our community, our tribe. And the way we're really seeing that, right, Wizard, mm-hmm. is people and their contributions to the website and sharing their never quit story. Every day, listener stories. There's more on there. There's a greater diversity of them. They just keep building up on there. It's great to see people are involved so much that they spend the time to write out. I mean, <laughs> some of these take time to read through. I mean, these are well thought out. And, uh, well, we've been reading some of the best ones, uh, or some of our favorites, and we got another one today, right? Oh, man. It's a doozy, brother. It's a doozy, and it's perfectly in line for for this show. And I and also, so. listen, before I read it, I want you to know, when you write these things in, we're reading them, right? We're reading them, and, and when we look at them and they start hitting us in the feels, man, we, we're going to read them on air. And if they crush us, if they're like, if they melt us down and trigger that emotional intelligence, that vulnerability we're talking about, then what happens, Marcus? Coming on. You're coming on, and you're going to share that story with everybody else out there. But we got one today, right? This is from Chris. Here we go. I have listened to and read many of the Never Quit stories, and it inspired me to write my own. I joined the Army in 1996, right out of high school. I deployed to Iraq in 2003 to 2005. During that time, time, I saw some stuff and had missions all over the country. Thanks for your service. Yeah, thanks, brother. I returned home in March 2005. It is weird being jacked on adrenaline myself and some of my close buddies had a difficult time transitioning into the peaceful civilian life. Being a member of the National Guard, I returned to work but was never really the same as I was prior to Iraq. Alcohol helps helped silence the chaos, but it was always temporary. I was 27, and I wanted to do anything I could to return to war. That was normal. I wanted to return to normal. I got a new job, and that quenched the need to return to war for a little time. I thought I would grab a rotation after being home for a few months and then return to normal. It's crazy that we actually think about going to war as being normal, isn't it? I mean, it's nuts, dude. Nuts. Yeah, that's your, that's quite, your normal. Quite calm. That's your own normal. Yeah. Right? I don't think we'd go over as many times as we do if it wasn't that way. <laughs> right? Shit. In 2006, I became ill. I figured it was the flu, and I just let it, would let it ride out. My symptoms became worse. I am not one to run to the doctor after every little cough. It was October... I began having symptoms. In December, I had lost 20 pounds and was white as a ghost. With pressure from my family at Christmas, I decided to get it checked out. Needless to say, it was probably the right choice. I was admitted to the hospital and underwent multiple tests. All were inconclusive. I was transferred to the Huntsman Cancer Institute due to the similarities of symptoms, but no direct cancer diagnosis another round of tests and i was diagnosed with a rare form 
of cancer stage four. An aggressive chemotherapy regimen was given. This little sickness was 45 days in the hospital, 22 blood transfusions, and multiple surgeries. I had severe nerve damage in my legs and could not walk. Apparently, my liver had expanded and it caused my legs to swell. I had to have a spinal injection of chemotherapy each day prior to my eight-hour chemo Mm. treatment. This occurred every two weeks. Due to the damage in my legs, I was told that I would not be able to walk normally, let alone run again. I was still in the military. This was not an option. It took four months after my hospital stay to be able to walk at a normal pace again. I still had the desire to go back to war, but the army does not allow those who are recovering from cancer or under doctor supervision to deploy. In fact, I was scheduled to go in front of a medical board in Fort Carson so they could begin discharging me from the army. I wanted to serve my time and obtain a retirement. I was an E6 during this period. I was young when I got sick and 31 when I was able to return to full duty. I had to fight to stay in. In November 2009, I decided to submit my packet to become a warrant officer. I was approved in December and had a class date in March 2010 for candidate school. I began training immediately. Running was very difficult, but I'm not going to have someone tell me what I can or cannot do. I began running a few steps at a time and worked up to several miles. Candidate school was in, is intensely physical and mental. I was running at a seven-minute mile in the high ele- elevations, and Fort Rucker is much closer to sea level. The first run, I was one of 12 who completed the fast-paced three-mile run. From that point on, I would never give up. I would give it my all. I graduated and became a W01 April 28, 2010. The hard times gives us the fortitude to dig deep to see what we have inside. I gained a love for my running by being told I was never going to be able to do that task again. I maintained my military status status, and eventually retired with 20 years in September 2016. I volunteered multiple times to return to war, but was never able to return. Life is full of trials and tribulations. I was dealt a rough hand. We choose the path we take and we should not accept defeat because that is the easy way out. Digging deep and looking inward for strength to overcome challenges is the key. I live each and every day in my life with constant pain. I push myself every day of my life to continue on. The fight never ended the day I returned to the U.S. It didn't stop after I completed chemotherapy, nor did it stop when I forced myself to run and return to full full strength. It didn't stop when I went through warrant officer school or when I became sick again. The fight is a daily battle with ups and downs. The goal is to never give up. Mm. Hardcore, man. Chris, I got to tell you, brother, I read your story and I get fired up. Yeah, those are the guys that, that when the younger guys are coming in or when you, that you hear about, that's why you sign up. Totally. Right. Or the guy you're going through to school and the guy next to you has come through cancer, right? 
Exactly. You're coming in as a new pup. Everything's virile and ready to go. And you see the crusty mass chief or warrant come walking in there, dragging everything. It takes him a good 30 minutes to get everything moving fast <laughs> enough to get to that time <laughs> run. They still bust it down, right? Right. It's exactly. Like as we go along, it's a package deal with rank. Everything that all those bad things that come with it, man, that's part of the that's part of the core curriculum of carrying that rank and and, and, and what, oh. we, uh, what we do, you know, and it's just, man, you just learn to live with that and the rest of it. Well, I mean, he even <laughs> took it one step forward, too. I mean, you know, here's a dude that had cancer. It almost killed him. It almost made him so he couldn't walk. And yet he's like, uh-uh. That ain't gonna. That ain't gonna stop me. Yeah, because if something would have got a hold of me in there, would prevented me from running, that'd have been okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet baby Jesus, dude! I love the fact that you cannot run. Dude. Isn't it bad? And it we still run bothers me, man. So I know much in buds, dude, and the teams. Period. Period. I know. Period. Yeah, I should have went in the Air Force. You know I what? Know. When you take a step back, that's actually something to pretty good idea. I know. <laughs> When Axe comes up and he's like, "Hey, Dad, if he was, I'm going to be a I'm team like, guy. Let's check yeah, that running, running skill real fast, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I pass most everything good down to you, but there's a pretty good chance you got that. You can't e- run for the elephant squat. gene, yeah. The elephant gene. Well, Chris, thank you for writing in. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for staying true to your dream, your quest. You know, the one thing that I know is that your battle." was every bit as important as, as you going back to war. And the fact that you're sharing that battle with our listeners and with our team now, man, that's 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 something something impressive. I mean, when you said it out loud like that, it, it takes it to a different level. I mean, most people, you know, something debilitating like that, an extra pain, you, you take the rest of your life trying to get through it and get around it. You're trying to get through it to get to war. Right? I mean, to, to fight for the country. Yeah. And and in and in yeah. and learning that experience, yeah. you got to know he's he become. I bet he was a great warrant. I bet he's a great you know whatever he's doing right now, dude. I, I just thanks, Chris. I want to keep going and and bring a close to this great show and and just thank God. I want to thank uh, you know my girls. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends, and I want to thank all the listeners out there. And again, without you guys, keep coming back. This you know. You're everything, you're, and you're the reason why our tribe, the Never Team Never Quit, is flourishing. Please keep writing in. And I want to thank uh, Rocco. Man, what a great guest. And, and you too. Thanks, gents. I, I just uh, really appreciate being able to do what we do. You too, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, Rocco, bro. Vinci. Uh, I've had a hell of a time being uh, linking up with him, becoming his friend, man. It's it's following him on that journey, starting yeah. with range fifteen, then he, them dragging me in on that. I appreciate that. That that was uh, that was a good times, and and definitely to everybody who keeps bringing us back up here. Crazy. Good lord, I can't can't believe it. Most of the time, I think you know we're podcasters, right? And, and the guests that we keep coming on here, and it's uh, the the cool part about it is starting to hear it now, and the the uh, connecting just the everyday listener to somebody that uh can inspire yeah inspire them on the other end like that and vice versa because now the the you know the readers or the listeners are writing in and i've talked to some of our guests and like man i heard that one from that one story about the and i'm like so it's it's uh recipient reciprocal man it's coming back back up the other way well that's pretty cool so thank y'all for that i'm out out
never quit. Team never quit. Team never quit radio. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 